Accelerate your career today with a master's degree in sports product management from the University of Oregon. In this program, you will learn the business of creating sports and outdoor apparel, footwear, and equipment. You'll work with a team to develop product in our on-site innovation lab in Portland, Oregon, or in your own home. Network with leaders from the industry through your mentor, instructors, guest speakers, and alumni, and gain hands-on industry experience during the Summer Immersion Experience, where you work for sports and outdoor brands and manufacturers domestically or internationally. You can gain your master's in sports product management in as little as 18 months on-site in Portland, Oregon, or in 21 months online from anywhere. This is your chance to join 96% of our alumni currently working in the sports and outdoor product industry. Visit spm.uoregon.edu to accelerate your career today. How as exciting is it to have somebody like Travis that seems probably willing and able and wanting to do just about anything? Like you guys could throw anything at him. He's probably like, let's do it. I mean, honestly, I would say I'll let Andre answer this question because that's all his lane. But Travis is actually doesn't want to do anything. Right? Oh, is that right? <laughs> No. Didn't you have him on a dating show before too? I mean, come on, he seems like he'd do anything. That was one of those. That was one of those things where it was like, "Hey, trust me, you're fired." Right. This is the Work in Sports podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. In 2012, Andre and Aaron Eanes, just a few years removed from their college graduation, founded A and A Management Group a talent management company that provides brand, image, personal, and business management services. Their goal was to help expand their clients' value on and off the field. And their clients are big-time athletes. Their first big client, Travis Kelsey. Pretty awesome start, right? But we're jumping ahead a little bit. And you all just got an image of Taylor Swift in your head. I know it. Admit it. Here's the details. Andre and Aaron grew up in Ohio, like the Kelsey boys, and they all got to know each other a little bit through the local basketball circuit. Aaron goes on to study sports management at Bowling Green, while Andre studies finance at University of Cincinnati. Same time as Travis, same school as Travis. The Eanes boys dreamed of starting a talent management company together and working with high-end clients on their marketing, brand, finances, and more. And they were smart enough to build their business where they know. They built the relationship with Travis and others, the trust, the belief, and proved they were more than just college buddies. They were smart business minds who cared about him like family. They didn't rest on the relationship. They built something bigger off of that starting point. The relationship was a foundation that they had to launch into business acumen and trust and belief. Now, let's be real. At Cincinnati, Travis Kelsey wasn't the Travis Kelsey we know now. He was suspended for a season. In his first two active seasons, he caught just 14 passes, which is like a normal Sunday for him now. So signing Travis for the Eanes boys back in 2012 wasn't exactly hitting the lottery. It was just the start of something that they had to build. And look at the proof of concept now. Travis is one of the biggest and brightest stars in the world. Lots of credit to today's guests, Andre and Aaron Eanes. Let's get after it. (laughs) 
Andre, Aaron, so great to meet you guys. Thanks for joining me on the show. How are you guys? Great, Brian. Appreciate you having us. Awesome. Great. Thank you. I'm excited to dive into this. You guys are doing some really interesting things in the business. Your talent management company is amazing. Uh, there's so many great topics we can dive into. So let's just start a little bit at the beginning. I think oftentimes people see the success level that you're at. You have these great clients. You have Travis Kelsey, you have Denzel Ward. All these wonderful things are happening for your organization. But it doesn't always start out that way. So take us back in the journey a little bit. Let's talk like graduate college before you get to the point where you are now, where success is right there in front of you, what was that journey like for you guys? Andre, let's start with you. Kick it off for us. Yeah, no, um, you're right. It wasn't always easy. And I think sometimes when we get, we, we're so wrapped up in it, we don't really notice the the hardships. But, you know, it, I've been think, we've been thinking about that a lot lately, doing these, these interviews and whatnot. But I know for me, it was a little bit different, you know, with Aaron coming out of college. I think we signed Travis in 2012 in what, August, I think, 2012. And we was preparing for the draft. And my first daughter was born on December 2012. So, you know, uh, starting a new company, signing a new client, you know, and, and, and also having a new child obviously made things pretty, pretty challenging. Um, but, you know, we made we made it work, you know, and I, I kind of had a job. I worked at a bank uh, in, the, in, in the commercial uh, side and retail side as well that kind of helped me hone my skills on the finance business building understanding how you know our clients what they need to do to get loans and invest their money in the right way so it was it was hard you know but I, I worked the job I was fortunate enough to be working a job that would be additive to the services that we provide yeah. with the management company uh, instead of kind of you know working a dead-end job that didn't really make sense for my future I was lucky where I got to work in one you know that that helped me learn the financial skills that I have now to be able to help our clients in ways that, uh, you know, a lot of management company, management focused companies can't. Aaron, what about you? What do you remember and what do you recall as those touchstone moments as you started to graduate, get into this business and start to really find your success path now? I mean, it took a while. I mean, we, I, when we started the business, it was uh, really a, our junior year of college. And so you know, I was still finishing up school. And our first client was actually in Oakland. I'm a defensive back out of Ohio State named Chimby Chekwa. So, you know, and at that time, you know, we kind of looked at our, our, our business as kind of a, uh, you know, a management business based on where one of the ways we would generate revenue was through a retainer. But, you know, when you have clients that, you know, are, you know, mid-round guys or you have clients that, you know, get cut and go to practice squad – you know, we, our retainer was, you know, wasn't even, uh, you know, essentially paying for one trip to, to San Francisco yeah. to see a client. Yeah. So, you know, I was also working part time in banking, mainly just because like banker hours were great. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, I really wanted to make sure that, you know, I would have a little bit of money in my pocket so that if I had to spend money for flights and trips or, or I had to do something, I would have some flexibility and I also have some guaranteed revenue coming in. And I think that's like the biggest, I would say, misconception about like in the business today. It's, you know, that you can, you know, you're just going to start the business and make money where yeah. honestly say for the first three years, you know, we were, I was working a, a part-time job just to ensure that I could you know, reinvest in the business and spend some of the, the money that I was making in another job on, you know, what I needed to do just to be able to see clients or to be able to like be somewhere to network or, or, or anything like that. You know, the biggest thing was, you know, when we first got into the business, it was just making sure that you know we were able to do whatever it take 
to like service a client, but at the same time, we weren't making any money. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of investment into what we thought the future could look like. It's such an important thing to remember. All of the the client-based jobs out there, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people who are agents or marketing agencies or things of that nature. And you're totally dependent on being able to do the business development side and get the clients and get the business and keep that churning. That's hard. That is like people underestimate like everything's I'm creative and I or I know the financial side and I can I can build this and I can service clients well. But doing that break in and actually making and establishing the business is not easy. Did you guys have doubts in those first early years, Andre? Like, did you guys ever think to yourselves like, I, I want this, but this is maybe this isn't gonna happen? I mean, you know what's the craziest thing was like. Yeah, obviously we had doubts, but it wasn't really ever a doubt in the sense of like, ah, we don't know if this will ever happen. It was just more like being patient and doing the right things to make sure it happened. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think for, like for me, I'm looking back and I'm always like, man, we had the foresight to know what we wanted to do long term and take all the steps necessary to get there versus wanting to be there already. You know what I mean? Like working in banking. I mean, I wasn't we, we, I wasn't making a ton of money, but I wasn't making I was making enough money yeah. to where it was like, OK, we know A&A is building in the background. I know I can't be full time. I want to be, but I can't be because one, we'd put financial stress on the business. And two, I got a daughter to raise. So I have to make sure I have consistent income and, 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 you know, to be able to do that. But then also I fell in love with the financial side of things. I fell in love with, you know, what it takes to open a credit card or get a car loan or understanding a budget to get approved for a commercial loan and start your own business. Like those are the things I had fun doing. Right. And then, you know, later on in the business, when Travis kind of elevated to who he was, I made the, the switch to private wealth management at the same time. So it, Aaron will tell you, it was a solid, what, seven years maybe before I even went to go work for ANA on ANA full time. Wow. And for me, I was getting my PhD in just the business side of it yep. and business development of it. So it wasn't really a situation where it was like, oh, this is hard and discouraging because you know, I had a hundred plus clients at the bank. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was always something going on, always something to do and always learning. But I had in the back of my head, like eventually... I'm going to be taking all these things that I'm learning and, and transferring it over to the athlete clients that we represent at a high level when the time comes to be able to support not only my financial needs, but my brothers as well. So I, I find this crazy. Like you guys are inspiring on so many levels, but it, it's like so many people out there are, are following a normal path. You know, they're going to college, they're getting their degree, they're going to work for a minor league baseball team. You know, maybe they're building up to get into the pros someday, or they're working for a small agency and kind of build it. You guys were like, nope, we're going to start our own business. We're going to manage this. We're going to do that. What inspired you in that regard? Because there's a lot of competition in, out there. There's a, I mean, I've seen the data before behind uh, agency side with you know, 96% of people are represented by like 10% of the agents out there. It's competition to the nth degree. What made you guys say, what inspired you to say, let's do this, let's start our own thing? Aaron, what do you think? I mean, I really had the idea my junior year of uh, high school. And, um, you know, we went to a Santa Rosa High School in Cleveland, Ohio. So a lot of our friends you know, were D1 athletes. And, um, you know, growing up, our family was in franchising. So I always knew, I love, I love business. And I always knew you know, but I also love sports. I was the kid that would get Madden and play franchise mode and just do that and not play the game. <laughs> do that and you nothing know, I, else for like days. No, I get no. you. <laughs> I feel you. The NFL, NFL draft was like my Super Bowl. Yes. I would print I would out like bios of every single player. I would like research every single like team. And like, and so I just loved kind of like the player side of things. And I thought I wanted to be a GM going into college. Yeah. And, you know, but we had a good friend that played, um, you know, basketball. He was the number one prospect or top prospect in the country. And he was like, hey, man, you should be my manager. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, 
trying to figure out what being a manager meant, you know, the only example I really had was music. You know, there's there's music managers. But, you know, in 20 in 2007, you know, in 2008, there was no such thing as a sports manager. And then and there was no companies to really look at. And luckily, you know, being in Cleveland, we had IMG. So I kind of had an idea of what a sports agency was um, and, you know, and was able to kind of understand that they had a little bit of a management model and structure to it as well. Um, which is where I got the retainer model and, and things of that nature. And then going to Bowling Green for sports management, it, it allowed me to kind of understand kind of the business side. And I monitored in entrepreneurship. So like I was able to kind of take my idea of like a, a management company and kind of test it throughout my freshman and sophomore year, my entrepreneurship minor. And then and then I was I entered into a business planning competition my junior, senior year. And like launched the business my junior year because, you know, we had an opportunity to work through our, a lot of our friends that played, you know, they had friends that were going pro. And so we were starting to pitch them on, you know, working with them on what the management services would look like, what 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 the service mix would, and offerings would be. And, you know, at the end of the day, I had a business plan, I launched an LLC and, you know, went out and pitched people. And I would say, honestly, just being young and dumb, um, being young and dumb and naive, I would say, was like the, the best thing in the world because like, yes, I had a business plan. Yes, I had a strategy and an idea, but I had no relationships. I had no contacts. I never worked at an agency. You know, I worked with, you know, interned within, you know, college and pros, the pro world. But, you know, you don't really know what you don't know. Yeah. And I also think that was the best thing that could ever happen to me because it didn't I didn't have to think in a way that was, you know, normal. Because like I said, there was, I mean, I remember like it was yesterday, someone at a big agency, you know, told me that, hey, you know, when I, I got a, I got connected by happenstance and I asked them just their opinion on the industry. And they were like, you know, you should look for a player that transcends the game. And I'm like, well, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I've been at Bowling Green State University. My first client's the fourth round pick that got cut, you know, the minute we signed. I'm like, yeah, of course, that would be the great idea. Yeah, but easier you know, said than done. Not, yeah, that's not actually the reality of like my situation. So I'm going to like, Every client we get needs to be someone that we believe, yeah. you know, and believe in, but also at the same time, you know, we're going to learn through every experience that we go through with a client. And then, but Travis was someone, you know, when we started working with him and we knew him, we knew him growing up, we knew of him. And, you know, he was someone I thought with the changing position of the tight end because of my love of like scouting and evaluating talent, yeah. I was like, this guy could be someone that could be the top tight end in the draft. And in, in now it's definitely proven out that he should have been. Um, but at the time, you know, it was different. It was a different world in the NFL. And so that was one of the that was one of the things when we were able to work with him, you know, that I was like, I think he's someone that can transcend the game. And I think he's someone that could transcend sports. And so, you know, a lot of the ideas and a lot of the strategies that we put in place were meant for that, even though at the time we didn't know what we were doing. We had an idea. Yeah. You got to just keep growing through it. Yeah, obviously. Your side of the industry is so based on relationships and networking and getting to know people and building that. Andre, you went to University of Cincinnati, and I know you guys referenced that you knew Travis in, in as far back as high school, but uh, University of Cincinnati, you've got a little bit of a common bond there. Uh, how much does that shared experience start to help you guys making inroads with potential clients? And overall in the industry, as just kind of an advice kind of look, to our audience, how important is that relationship building side and that networking side and starting where you're comfortable and where you might have a, a thread of connection with somebody? Andre, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I mean, the relationship size everything we do, right? And, you know, I, I want to piggyback off of Aaron and how we started this business because, you know, we, we grew up around athletes. We grew up around our business people and our parents that worked with athletes. 
right? And I and I wanted to be the athlete, right? Aaron's talking about this management company he wanted to start, which I already always knew in the background there was going to be a management company involved, but I wanted him to manage me, right? I thought I was going to the NBA, right? And I didn't give that dream up until my freshman year of college. But when I did decide that I wanted to make the jump to actually figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, you know, I started, you know, planning events, right? And like our first athlete client was Chimney Chekwa out of the Oakland Raiders, but I was managing DJs locally. I remember sat Aaron down and it was like, I think we were getting like 60 bucks every event that my, our clients would DJ and, you know, and, you know, thankfully this guy, the guy that was, you know, was our first official client for a and I always say is the godfather of my child to this day. So relationships are definitely most important. But when it came to Travis, I, you know, I look about, I look back at this a lot. Right. Because, you know, we went to school together. He was roommates with one of my best friends. Yeah. So from freshman from freshman year on, we kind of hung out every once in a while. And, you know, we were around each other consistently, and, you know, and he kind of understood what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it long term. But also think it kind of goes back to when we were playing AAU basketball back in the Cleveland circuit. Me and my brother, you know, we came from the suburbs of Cleveland, you know, where most of our teammates were from the inner city. Everyone knew our parents or owned Burger Kings and worked in business. Right. So that kind of relationship and kind of knowing and understanding our upbringing and how we think about things was always different. You know, and we, when we, we approached Travis and kind of had a plan and a strategy for what we thought his career could look like. He just trusted you know, based on the culmination of just knowing him for so long, you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of transcended into, you know, what we've, what we've been able to do with him to this day, you know? So I think relationships is kind of one of the most important things in our business. And, you know, we make it a point, you know, to honing our internal processes to make sure like, okay, we're reporting to our clients and we're giving them the, the why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And just being completely transparent versus making executive decisions, you know, without their input. Right. And I think a lot of athletes don't get that. Yeah level of detail that we give our clients, which we're always talking about, how can we do better? You know what I mean? And it's really just about giving them the information to make the best decision possible and trusting that, you know, like to Aaron's point, we sign clients that we know we can build with, we know we can work with. So if we give them all the information that we gather and they make their decision, we roll with the decision, whether it's something we support or there's something we don't support. You know, there's been a million times where things have happened that we didn't support, but you know, at the end of the day, we want to do what's best for our clients and what they want to do. Okay. So what's that con- first conversation? Like you go to school with, with Travis, you know him, you guys have some background, you, you're hanging out, you know, you know, roommates, you know, you're all shared experience community. And then you come to him one day and they're like, I want to do business together. What, how, how does that conversation go? Because I think the friends that I grew up in college probably would have looked at me like, not you, you know? So like, how, how did, how did that really happen where it was a serious conversation? Well, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my perspective because I think I was a little bit more of a friend to Travis than Aaron because Aaron was at BG and he would come down and visit and whatnot. Aaron, so Travis had four roommates, well, three, four people total. He had three roommates. One of them was one of the top running backs in the country. Uh, the other one was one of the top wide receivers in the country, and the other one he was a running back as well, but he wasn't like super super amazing. And I just kind of remember like being in their dorm, hanging out, doing whatever we were doing, and I was like, hey, I gotta me and my brother, we want to start this management company you know, we would really love for you guys to work with us. Yeah. Right. And I think everyone was on the fence. They're like, oh, yeah, interesting. You know, let us know. Let us mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, ended up not working with two of them. You know, we're this close yeah. with one of them. And, you know, the agent kind of stepped in and to Aaron made a comment about uh, us trying to charge a retainer. Uh, agent did not agree to our retainer, which you guys, we can decide if we want to publish this later, but it was $500 a month, <laughs> which, you know, is absolutely not much money at all. Nope. But we, we, but I, we, I happen to be really close friends with this guy, too. Like, when he got drafted, I went out to hang out with him at the team he got drafted in. I would travel with them. He would travel 
during college, we'd go to Cleveland and Columbus and go to yeah. all the colleges and just party, you know, just like normal college kids. Um, but, you know, his agency and team didn't trust that we would be able to to manage his career at such a young age. Uh, you know, another friend of ours, same thing. You know, he didn't trust that we had those abilities, you know, but Travis did. You know what I mean? And, and for me, it was literally a conversation of, hey, we got this plan. My brother was he's very analytical when he puts the plans together and the strategies and knowing long term. You know what I mean? So like, hey, sit down, listen to our brother. We got this idea. We want to work with you. And that was kind of end of it. And then we had the meeting, presented the plan and, and the rest was kind of history uh, in my eyes. And he kind of just trusted, you know, that we would make the right decisions. And in the sales process at the bank, we used to talk about touch points. Yeah. Send a nice gift or go to dinner or grab coffee and, you know, you begin to build those those relationships. And I think throughout college, you know, it, when it came to going to parties and planning events and doing things, I was always the guy that the, the players on the football team and the athletes at UC would come to because I was managing the DJs and I was booking the venues and I was throwing the party. So Proof of concept, being able to, yeah. to being able to get like priority seating in VIP or skip the line and stuff like that were things that they appreciated. Right. So when it came to be like, and they saw how I moved that way when it came to building out a promotional marketing branding event business. So when it came to, you know, hey, this is what we want to do on the sports management side. You know, we got, I wouldn't say we got lucky, but, you know, Travis trusts that we, you know, would have the plan in place to to take things to the next level long term. Aaron, nobody at BG that you could kind of nuzzle up next to and make, I was looking through the notable grad football players graduated from BG. It was a pretty short list. Yeah. I mean, it, what it, what it taught me was, you know, it allowed me to understand what a player goes through when a, when a new coach comes in. It allowed me to meet a lot of, I would say, GMs and uh, scouts and understand what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and it really, you know, and it kind of showed me like what would be prioritized. And I always kind of thought like, you know, if you could have worked with Tom Brady or, you know, coming out of Michigan, you would have a much better business than if you got Tom Brady multiple years into the league because, you know, he was already the Tom Brady. Yeah. He was a Super Bowl champion quarterback. And so it was always going to be predicated on because of, you know, bootstrapping the business and not having, you know, not leaving an agency and taking clients or anything like that. It was always going to be based on like what we believed, you know, the ability of someone could be. And then and then betting on that and then, you know, having faith that like, all right, like they're going to be what we uh, think they could be. And ultimately, yeah. you're going to get a little lucky. So I'm really curious about your dynamic to you. It's got to be hard and good and great and all of the above working together. I read a quote from the two of you about your future plans of the company, and it made me chuckle a little bit. So, Aaron. We plan to continue honing our internal processes to ensure we can continue to drive long-term value for our clients. Really well stated, right? Measured, professional, on point. Like all those talking points, you nailed it. Andre, we want to be the best sports manager focused firm in the country. Big, bold, like get after it. Like I'm ready to run through a wall. Like, yeah, what I would say is those, those, are, those are one and the same, right? I, like literally. I don't disagree at I, all. I, I don't disagree at all. But it like... I'm curious about like, you're just your individual styles. Like how hard is it to keep it real with each other? Like, is there, is there, is there struggles? Do you guys find common ground? Well, how does that work? I'll let you take that one. <laughs> when we were growing up, you know, our family was very business is business. Family is family. I would say when a lot, cause a lot of people are like, man, I, I don't know if I can work with my brother. Or I don't know if I can work with my family. And I would argue that's because a lot of people take things personally. Yeah. And like, there's nothing personal in our conversation. We will, and people that hear us talk sometimes on the phone, they think we're arguing and we're just really talking through like our ideas. And I would honestly say I'm, I'm probably more of the big thinker than Andre, definitely more of the big thinker, actually. 
Um, and like Andre's and nodding. I'm, so that's where everybody's listening. Andre's even yeah, acknowledge, like, Andre's I'm, acknowledging I'm this. Him, I'm gonna let him explain what he means. But, you know, but, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure everybody knew. Because you know, like at the end of the day, like you know, thinking about hey, I want to start a sports management company with for athletes when nothing that didn't exist 12 years ago. Yeah. Right. And so I mean, now it's a lot more. It's a little bit more common in the football space, but you know, but then it's just thinking about you know, hey, wanted to get our client into you know entertainment. Well, that really didn't happen a lot for tight ends right back seven, eight years ago. Right. And then at the same time, but it's like, it's because of our background is thinking about, okay, here's the goal. Right. But at the same time, once the, we know the big goal, it's like, what are those steps, the franchising background to get to that big goal? Right. And so when you talk about like honing internal strategies, it's because, you know, in this business, you're in a client servicing business. Right. And if your client doesn't feel like they're getting the best service, then they're ultimately going to look elsewhere. And at the same time, if you can continue to drive your processes and to continue to make things more efficient and to make things more transparent, you can try to drive their value up long term because you're constantly seeking out those opportunities that might otherwise fall through the cracks. And then it's constantly from day one, even we didn't have money, we were investing into CRM systems. Mm -hmm. And I remember like it was yesterday, people were like, you spend more money on your assistance you make from your clients. And it's like, because like at the end of the day, the value we bring to our clients is our network, our shared network. And if we can't quantify that shared network, if we can't recall that shared network, if we can't expose that network to the betterment of our clients and track what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, we can't get better, right? And so if we can't get better, then we're ultimately just going to stay in the same place. And so like when you think about a six-person company now, when we started as a one-person company and me, you know, we're a six-person company, but we're able to still service someone literally at the highest level of sports and entertainment in the in America, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where if we didn't continue to work on ourselves and our processes, we would have been fired a long time ago. Right. Because, you know, it's 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 you know, in this business, it's the most competitive industry you're ever gonna be in. And everyone is always gonna look at you sideways, especially if you're living in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And you have no you, you have no reputation in the business like you're some big shot. Right. And so I think, like, you know, you really want to like we so like, you know, our dynamic is just constantly challenging each other because like if someone comes to me and says, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Well, we've already been through that 20 different times. Yeah. Right. We're thinking constantly about, you know, what what needs to happen next? What like in thinking ahead, because at the end of the day, like this year's over next year's starting, you know, but by the time December rolls around, you're really planning for, you know, 2025. And so constantly just challenging ourselves, our team, you know, and the people around us, like, and, and think of the same way is how we believe we can continue to drive that value for the client, because that's ultimately our, our, our job. And when I, I, I want to add a little Go, bit, yeah, when, I saw, when, I, when I saw that quote, it was hilarious to me, right? Because I feel like the quotes were separate because it was all about who got asked the question first, right? Because if he, what he said, I probably would have said yeah. if he didn't say what I said, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're twins at the end of the day. Yeah. So we can go to blows about whatever. We can talk about whatever and express our opinions about whatever. And five minutes later, it's like nothing happened. You know what I mean? And I think when it comes to business partners, Aaron said it, you know, people take it personal. Yeah. Right. And for us, the only thing that's personal is failing, having a failing business. So like, we're, we don't want that to happen. So like I'll say things, he'll say things, we'll argue back and forth, but we always find the common ground. And it's almost hilarious because most of the time, we're talking about the same thing. Our vision of getting there is just different. You know what I mean? And I think when you said the internal processes is how we get to the biggest problem. Me talking on the phone to Aaron casually, 
he's probably going to be like, we're going to be the best business. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's just how well, earlier, earlier yeah. in the interview, you said honing our internal processes. And I was like, wait a second, that's Aaron's quote. So it's, 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 it's interesting. You guys do, you very much share a vision and a direction. And even those, like just those important moments that are, that are very much uniform between you two. Yeah. No, from the beginning. I mean, our parents, you know, every, probably every week they're like, man, I am so glad you and Aaron get to do this together. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cool. Because a lot of, a lot of family don't, can't kind of get on that same level uh, of business and they kind of just do their own separate things, yeah. you know? And I think our, both of our focus and what we're passionate about when it comes to this business, are, although coexist together, uh, you know, are, are kind of different at the same time. You know what yep. I mean? So it works. It's not like I'm not sitting here trying to be going out and getting brand marketing deals for, with Nike and Adidas and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I, or I may bring my experiences, you know, investing in businesses and companies and understanding budgets and marketing strategies to the table, but that's not, you know, what I, my, my, my core focus isn't the marketing side of the business yeah. where with Aaron it is. And, you know, it, it all coexists at the end of the day. So we talked a lot about relationship building and how that kind of starts things off. And it's so important and continual process. You have to always focus in on, but I, I would imagine for you guys too, there has to be that, that trust that gets built early on as well. Like if you're going out to try to land a new client, you have to get to that trust window pretty quickly where they feel like, yes, I can, I believe in you guys being able to do this for me. I believe I'm going to choose you over anybody else out there. Uh, how do, how do you guys approach that process of trying to, to build that trust? So you start to really hone into that relationship so that you can make the best decisions for them moving forward and have them part of your team. I mean, honestly, I think part of it, you know, part of why we're on your show, right? I think, you know, we spent, you know, we've been in the business 12 years, 11, 12 years at this point, right? And like, we are very much in the mindset of like, the work is the priority and our client success is the priority. But at the same time, if no one knows the work you're doing, like it's very hard for them to believe the work you're doing, yep. right? And so I think, you know, part of it is one, we really want to educate, like we, we are very strategic and I would say intentional on like where we speak, because at the end of the day, our main goal is to educate that next client, if they work with us or not, the power that they have. Right. Because early on in the business, so a lot of people just, you know, the reason you know, everyone always says, like, how does a guy go broke? Right. And a lot of it is because there's not transparency in the industry. Right. They don't really understand everything that's going on and they're not empowered to make the best decisions. So we don't believe like we believe trust is essential, but trust is earned. It's not given. Yep. Right. So we go into a relationship and we're they're like, look, they're not going to trust us at all. Nope. You know, so our job is to, like, do things in a way that all, over time will build trust. And that's being completely honest with them, good or bad. That's giving them our honest feedback and opinion, even if we disagree with them wholeheartedly. And letting them, and letting our clients make the best decisions. And whenever they make their decision, support them 100 percent. And if we get fired because of that, you know what? They, they weren't the right fit. But at the same time, we'll at least understand that we guided them in the best way we could. And at the same time, they're going to probably learn down the road if we're their first client, if we're their first management company, that, you know, the information we probably gave them was why we gave them, you know? Yeah, I was like, I mean, trust is earned, not given is, that's hit the nail on the head, right? Because a lot, I mean, I can tell you, we probably over the past 10 years, we probably met with some of the top athletes you've ever heard of, you know, and either some ended up working with some of them, but ended up not working with a lot of them. I mean, families, grandmothers, uncles, cousins mm-hmm. love us to death. We want, why, you know, we've had people say top five draft picks in the NBA say, what are we waiting for? We're signing with you guys today. Right. That never came to fruition. Yeah. But it, to, to Aaron's point, like trust is earned. 
you know, not giving. And we're blatantly honest in the beginning about what we can and cannot do versus trying to sell a dream and end up, you know, working backwards. You know what I mean? Well, you trust me because I'm telling you all these nice things. Mm -hmm. But then as we start working together, I lose that trust because the things I was telling you aren't happening. You know what I mean? And I think I think the industry is starting to see that a little bit more like it takes time to build. I mean, we've been working with Travis as an example for since the day he stepped into the league. And, you know, everyone now is just starting to see how amazing he is Mm -hmm. outside of the sport. You know what I mean? And it took us, you know, 10 years to kind of build that portfolio to what that looks like all the way from, you know, being on TV shows to investing in different companies and, you know, him having to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, a lot when we sit down with the guy, it's more about what are the steps are we going to take that's going to benefit you long term? And here's what we want to see happen along the way. And if we can't get buy into that type of a plan, we've learned the hard way that, you know, they're just not the right client because we've been fired before. Yeah. We've been fired, you know, by people that had our higher expectations of us that didn't get what they thought they were going to get. You know, we may not have agreed with them firing us, but to Aaron's point, we're not, you know, we're not in a position to, fortunately, we're not in a position to, you know, beg for a client. You know, we want to work with good people that see and support the vision that we have. Well, I think it's also just, you know, like, you know, the one question, you know, we kind of, I would say bristle at is, you know, when you're sitting down with someone for the first time and they're like, what can you bring to me? Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been in the market. I haven't like, you know, we come in with a strategy for anybody we meet with, which gives them an idea of what we're seeing out there about them. Yeah. And a lot of athletes, especially today, you know, we're taking a lot of our influence and a lot of our cues from the influencer market because we're seeing a decline in the, in the, with the younger athletes on the opportunities they're able to be presented because they're not presenting in a way that a lot of the brands are looking for, you know, and their value is higher than what an influencer might cost. So, you know, we're really coming in from a standpoint of like, you know, we need to get you in a position where you're able to receive the opportunities in the right way and the best opportunities for you, because, you know, no one actually cares for the most part now that you're an athlete. Like, and, and it's more about what are the deliverables? Are you going to actually be able to commit the deliverables? Yep. You know, are you the right fit for the campaign? Do you hit the right demos? So we're constantly looking at the numbers you know, when it comes to our clients and, and we're, it's really about building a true long-term sustainable strategy because, you know, we believe on the brand side, you know, you could be successful in business, the philanthropy, branding, entertainment, you know, you name it. And if, when people have an opportunity to come across you, what are they going to experience? And so it really comes down to understanding what the client's goals and objectives are. What do they want to present to the world? And then building a strategy so that way when they are seen, what they want to present is actually what's being received. It makes a ton of sense. It's a strong point of view and perspective. Uh, I'm going to pull another quote here. Heard a video with Travis and he said about you guys, it's one thing to be represented by professionals. It's another thing to be represented by family. And that stood out. What does that mean to you guys to know the level of impact you've made on him and his overall perspective for what your working relationship is like? It's, it's, it's more than just a work. It's a, it's a family. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Th- and I think for me, I'll give my perspective because I didn't really know Travis before we started working together. And when I talk about, you know, trust is not earned, it's, you know, trust is earned, not given. That quote is, is an embodiment of that. Like we've gone through so many different things, <laughs> the good, the bad, yeah. you know, the ugly, like being able to like, and I think, you know, when you, when we talk about that, it's because, you know, you have someone who is, you know, and athletes are the most type A driven people. Oh yeah. Right. And a lot of times you see people get into trouble because their advisors aren't are afraid to give them honest feedback. 
because they don't want to be fired. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like there's been a few times when we would have heated discussions about something, but but we both understand that the goal is the same. And if we come at it a different way, we come at it a different way. But like we're in this together. And I think that's why we've been able to have the success together we've had, because we can truly be honest with each other. And you, when you can have that type of relationship, that's why like that's into me, like how you build that long term trust where it feels like family, because, look, everybody has family members and everybody knows their fa- it's not hunky dory and roses every day when you're, you're dealing with family. So, like, I think that is, you know, it, it, it means a lot because, you know, he is our longest client and being able to, like, practice what we preach and with someone who's at such a caliber, like it shows that what we're trying to accomplish is being received, you know, by him. And which, which is exciting. I was going to say, I couldn't have said it any better. It just kind of embodies like everything that we, yeah. we strive for. I mean, look, I mean, it's been a long time. We, like I said, we've been working with him since day one. We were going out to Kansas city when he had a torn ACL, maybe was it? I don't even remember at this point, but he wasn't playing. Yeah. And I think his birthday is seven days apart from ours. I mean, every birthday since he got into the league, we've been either at an away game or at a home game. Right. So, I mean, it's, we travel together. We do all types of things. So, I mean, to be able to do that and then also effectively, you know, handle business the right way, yeah. you know, it's just a, the ultimate compliment. Plus, you know, we're twins. We're family, too. So being able to do business at the level that we do it together yeah. and actually be family, it's, it's uh, you can appreciate it when your clients feel the same way. I think that ability to be honest with them, too, and to give good advice uh, without concern for being fired, which is not always easy for people to do. I, I remember I was executive producer for a TV show with Sean Alexander when he was MV, NFL MVP. And he used to come to me a lot because he knew that I didn't, I, I wasn't on his payroll. So like his agents and things would tell him exactly what he wanted to hear, but he'd, he'd run things off of me all the time because I'd give it to him straight because I, I didn't have any agenda associated with it. And I'd tell him like, that's a terrible idea. And he loved that. So I, I do think people are so afraid of that negative possibility that they don't always give the advice that they need to. And it's good that you guys are able to have that kind of a relationship with, with Travis and the rest of your clients. So I've been handed, because that wasn't a question, I've been handed breaking news. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes joined forces to lead group of investors in Otro Capital strategic investment in Formula One team Alpine racing. Um, congratulations, first off, that just launched today. I saw the press release go out. Talk to me about that. What is this? What's going on? How did you guys get into this? And how how is exciting is it to have somebody like Travis that seems probably willing and able and wanting to do just about anything? Like you guys could throw anything at him. He's probably like, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would say I'll let Andre answer this question because that's all his lane. But Travis is actually doesn't want to do anything. Right? Oh, is that right? No, that's fine. I wish he's very fatigued. Didn't you have him on a dating show before too? I mean, come on, he seems like he's doing anything. That was one of those. That was one of those things where it was like, hey, trust me or fire me, right? Like, like, (laughs) but like, it was one of those things where it's like it was the first time I pushed in all my chips. But that was because like I knew like in my heart that. You know, at the end of the day, like understand the numbers, a football player might have three to four years to play. Yeah. So you really got to help someone figure out what they're going to do when they're done playing. And I think entertainment was a natural for Travis. Yeah. Right? And it was one. Of, and that was one of those things where, like, it took a lot of like due diligence and it took a lot of convincing. And it was one of those things where I was like, look, please, after four years of working together, just trust me. Yeah. I think this is a good opportunity. And I would say it, it, it worked out. You know, he <laughs> 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 Andre, tell us about Formula One. Well, how did this thing come about? So we make a kind of a point, just like on the marketing side, to kind of build relationships. 
in all angles, right? Not my focus is more on the in the finance world. So, you know, we always pride ourselves on partnering with the best no matter what we're doing. And, you know, Ocho Capital, we've known a lot of the people over there for a long time. We've kind of, you know, hit the pavement on a lot of different opportunities over the years. And none of them quite fit as much as the F1 team uh, fit, you know. And when they reached out and they said, hey, you know, this is something that we're doing. We'd love to get you guys involved. We went through the due diligence process and found out the things that that Alpine Alpine was was looking at doing on the marketing side here in the States. And we thought, you know, Travis and Pat would be a, a good uh, group to invest in that could help them, you know, build the profile of F1 in America. I mean, and it kind of, and I would say it started a couple of years ago when we went to the first F1 in, was in Miami a couple of years back. Yeah. And it was just an amazing experience and how things were and how everything moved. And we got to walk the, the, the pit, you know, and, Got to hang out with Lewis Hamilton and his team and see how intricate it is to to kind of be involved in F1. And then obviously Drive to Survive got the whole world, uh, you know, hype about what F1 can be. You know, so when the and, and we've also dove into several professional sports teams to try to figure out which one would make sense that Travis can actually invest in. And, you know, this one checked all the boxes from a financial standpoint. And then we factored in with Alpine is trying to do, you know, here in the United States and, and, and with their brand. It just kind of made sense. Yeah, it's awesome. We were fortunate enough to be able to get the opportunity, but it all goes back to relationships. Yeah. You know, I got a phone call. I think we were down in, we were down somewhere and I was grabbing some pizza and I'm like, I think I was with you, Aaron, and we were headed to get some pizza for a photo shoot and they reached out and I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, this is, you know, and we kind of went through that process and, you know, here we are. So finally getting that announcement out, it it, it was, it was pretty dope to see, Um, you know, plus with this being Pat and Travis's first kind of business venture together. You know, we're excited for for you know a million things to come down the road. Didn't they do a Didn't they do a pickleball thing together too, or am I misremembering that? They did. You're right. So You're Patrick, right. And, I mean, they got a good little bond the there. That's not a bad team. Yeah, I mean, it's, probably, it's probably the biggest. This is probably the biggest one. The pickleball one was fun, but this one is, as you as you know, you know, with being involved in any professional sports franchise is yeah. is pretty big. That's awesome. Um, so, okay, what's it like for you guys then when you sign a big marketing deal or you have this great partnership or you do something like a, a TV show or an entertainment? Like, do you guys sit back and kind of celebrate the successes or are you like on to the next thing? I got other clients I got to help. I got other projects I got to work on. What's your mentality like? Do you ever celebrate? Yeah, it's on to the next thing. Unfortunately, it's it's just one of those things. Like you said, we have a lot of clients to kind of worry about and you know the ball is always rolling and if especially somebody like travis if you talk to him as soon as the deal gets locked in he's like dope let's keep rolling you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of it's just been the mindset we just adopted you know what i mean so it's you know you sit back and you say oh this is very awesome this is cool you know yeah. but it's always for us it's always clients first yeah. you know so maybe maybe our clients are a little more excited than we are but you know we we're always constantly looking for that next opportunity uh, you know, for guys. So, you know, basking in the, in the winds is far and few between, I would say. Yeah. Well, especially cause it's like, we don't just, I mean, we have multiple clients. So it's like, you know, when one client, you know, if we're, if we have something figured out for one client, there's always something to figure out for some other, from another client. Yeah. And you're yeah. always, you know, and, and it's, unless we had every client, you know, at the peak of their game and at the peak of, you know, where they want to be off the field or off the court or off the pitch, you know, you know, <laughs> we got, we got more work to do. So, yeah. It's more, you know, and even like when we're when we're bringing in a new client, you know, it's, you know, I, I remember I was at a meeting with the top prospect, um, you know, and it was an amazing meeting. And, you know, and, you know, our head of strategy was like, oh, man, this is exciting. And I'm like, you know, it is. But at the same time, like we're thinking about how much work it is, because 
you know, if we're going to sign someone, we're making commitment to them and their families. Yep. So it's and we're making a, you know, a long term commitment that we're going to invest the time, the energy and the resources necessary to help you achieve your goal. And so for me, it's like, all right, making sure that we can deliver on that. And that's a big responsibility. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like signing a client is, is great. But at the end of the day, like until you help them achieve whatever it is they want to achieve, you're not really you can't claim success. Yep. Right. Yeah, no, and so I don't want to add to that because it's, I, I think of it like finance, right? One day you may own Microsoft, but tomorrow it might be down 20%. You know what I mean? So it, you never know what could happen on the day-to-day basis, and it's just a constantly evolving relationship, right? I mean, you know, and I'll piggyback off to of Aaron, what Aaron just said. We work with the family, too. You know, we want to help the mom, you know, succeed. We want to help the brother, the cousin, the uncle. Whatever they have that's in our client's orbit, we feel affects our clients directly. So. We want to make sure we're at least either, if not involved, giving them advice or best practices or making introductions to the the different things that they could be doing. So it's it's a constantly evolving business where like everything's always changing. And if you're not having your ears to the street and understanding that dyna- the dynamic of the different things that can happen in the marketplace, yeah. then you know, you're, you're going to be behind the ball, you know, 100 percent, which is why we're we take the approach of quality over quantity, because we know we want to go deep. We don't yeah. want to be surface level managers for the clients that we have. So talking about that innovation side, you guys have been in the business now for 12, 13 years, however long it's been. How much has the industry changed? How much has the athlete personality changed? What are those things that you're looking at and saying, I think that's a big growth sector, something we can lean into more. What are you guys looking at and what piques your interest? I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's changed dramatically. I mean, I think you look at the rise of social media, which wasn't there when we started. Um, It's allowing athletes to have a direct one-to-one relationship with their fan. I think that's amazing. I don't think any athlete has ever tapped into it the right way. If you look at the Forbes list of top creators, you know, they make more than pretty much every athlete. Um, and, yeah. and no athlete has actually looked at, you know, how do I do that? Yeah. Right. And no elite athlete either has done that yet at a, at a very big way. And so I think that's something that we're really interested in. So bringing people internal, like, you know, our head of content, Sam, like Danielle on our team who comes from music and does heads of strategy. We give our clients a strategy deck on like how they can you know start to do things in a way that's allowing them to be more like an influence. Right. Because it, and also like looking at the same tools that these brands are looking at to see who's searchable and how are they coming up? And if they're not resonating with on the brand side, they're not going to be able to resonate for an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I think women's sports is a huge growth opportunity. I think they are, you know, taking advantage more of the influencer space. They are, you know, natural content creators. And there's also a lot of brands that are now, you know, a little bit too late, if you ask me. But they're they're looking at that space as an area of opportunity for investment. And I think they're they're some that's that's another area that I feel like is underserved. Similar, like I thought the football space was underserved when we got into the business. Unfortunately, with you know, where we're at now, we can invest time, energy, resources into that area you know, and not need it to be a profit center, you know, for our business. And then I just think because of NIL and because of influencer marketing and because of that generation of, you know, athlete, kid, you know, you name it, really feeling like they want ownership in what they're doing. You're seeing more people, which when we started the business, everyone was like, my agent would handle. Well, now they're kind of understanding that that's actually not the case. You know, and what I would argue is there's still also not a great opportunity for them to really have an alternative because it's just very expensive to manage people. So we're really focused on how do we make it a little bit more easy to manage a wider group of people, but at the same time, you know, still provide that quality service and maybe through like technology and maybe through different software, you know, that you can really make sure you're giving, you know, people the ability to kind of run their own business, but with backed by, you know, experience. 
Um, because I think at the same time, like there's a lot of people now with NIL that are, are starting to get into the space, but there's also a very big void of good advice, good strategy, yeah. um, good opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, if it's done wrong, it actually hurts that the athlete, it hurts the market because now brands are going to just going to pull back because they're not seeing the ROI. They're not seeing, you know, the professionalism that they're used to, but at the end of the day, they're not getting in. A lot of the times you're seeing that brands and the athlete, you know, combined aren't getting into a relationship like they've been used to because it's, it's very new with an IO. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'll piggyback on that. I mean, it's, it's a very unique thing. I think athletes want to own more of what they do nowadays, right? They don't want to just, you know, be, you know, somebody that just does commercials and does, you know, advertising, right? They want to start their own fan merch lines. They want to be more involved working with the brands to create their own content and not just do what the brands say mm -hmm. they should, they want them to do, right? Because I think too, like, I remember like it was yesterday, I was watching a commercial and I won't name the athlete, but he didn't say one word in the entire commercial. And I'm like, this is a great brand, big brand. Commercials on every five minutes, but the athlete never got a chance to show him, show who his person, show his personality to the world. Yeah. And how do you build on? How do you build on those types of partnerships? You know. So I think you know what well, we do, like Aaron said, well, we do a good job. You know, we we've hired executives to, with, at our company to kind of help us do the things we've been trying to do for so long, and we took in our time with it. You know, this past couple months ago, we hired Brian Matoni. He came from Priority Sports. Probably sports has been around for oh, yeah. 20 plus years. They have a lot of clients. So he understands how to represent clients at scale, right? So it's, it kind of helps us hone those internal processes that we were talking about. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Love it. You know, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, I think, and not, and not to mention the investment side is huge. You know, you know, when I was at Merrill Lynch, you know, that's kind of when I realized the level of involvement that athletes play in their day-to-day -day financial pictures. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting, I'm sitting down with 20, 25 year olds that aren't athletes who knows where every penny is and knows how to get a mortgage, how to get a credit card, how to get a loan, you know? And it's like, why don't the 19, 20 year old athletes that we're working with understand these things? You know, it's, and we're lucky. We come from a finance background. Our mom, you know, was always working in finance. She ran all the books for the family business. She worked at State Farm. She worked at the bank, you know? So we opened our first IRA at 16 years old or whatever it was, you know what I mean? And you know, those are little things that go a long, long way, you know, and I think that side of the business still hasn't even caught up, you know, when it comes to managing athletes, you know, they don't, they don't care about IRAs and 401ks and, you know, oh, you know, the NFL pension plan and the retirement and all that stuff where that's the foundation of everything they're doing. Yep. You know what I mean? Is, is their money situation, which also gives, you know, Travis the ability to kind of make the bets he makes on teams like F1 mm -hmm. or in private investments that he's doing. Because the foundation of his, call it safe assets, are already laid. You know what I mean? So he knows, you know, he gets on the phone. He'll have conversations with business owners. And he'll talk about, you know, why businesses are successful versus why they aren't. You know, and what he also is really good at is understanding people and, you know, understanding if he likes a person or not. You know what I mean? So he's involved in a lot of the conversations that we have. And one thing I appreciate about him most is if we do get access to a, 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 a business like F1 racing, he's like, is there any other clients that ANA has that could be interested in investing as well? So in oh, that yeah. article, you probably saw, you know, Denzel Ward, one of our clients, he's also an investor as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that, that was big for us. Right. And being able to get him access and exposure to that. He's 25 years old. Yeah. Travis got almost 10 years on him. So He's still trying to learn what it's like to be in the business community and understand what it's like to be an investor 
and, and build those relationships as well. So, you know, I think, it, again, it's just all a culminating thing. And I think to Aaron's point, we don't have to worry about the revenue that's generated on the investing side. We're not asset managers. I don't look at stock portfolios every single day. You know, I'm not, you know, that's not my job. My job is to kind of put the right people in place, you know, to help our clients succeed to the best of their abilities. You know what I mean? On the financial side of the yep. business. Aaron, Andre, this has been amazing. We'll finish up with this. We have a lot of young people in our audience, student athletes, young people trying to get into the industry. They love this athlete marketing side. They love the entrepreneurship side. A lot of them have a financial bend. Um, what advice would you give the young people that are out there starting to find their path a little bit that could help kind of propel them forward or give them some sort of a vision towards their own their own big project to the future? You know, I would say just do anything. And like what I mean by that is in this business, it's always changing. It's always going to change every day. It's going to be super competitive. There's a lot of people that want to get into it. And there's a lot of mistrust. And there's also a lot of opportunity to gain trust. And so if you're someone that's coming into the industry and you're willing to just do whatever it takes to help someone be better at whatever it is they're doing, whether it's a manager that you're helping find a new opportunity, whether it's a player that you're helping, you know, do something that they want to accomplish. If you're willing to get your hands dirty and actually, you know, just do whatever it takes to help someone succeed, you'll be better. You'll be in a great position and not, I would say getting in the mindset of like something has to be perfect because nothing is ever perfect. And really just making sure that you're someone that's a solution person, not a, a question person. Because if you're finding solutions, you're going to be, you're going to stick in this business. If you're asking a lot of questions, you're just wasting people's time eventually because like they're just, they don't have that time to begin with. And that's the one thing I would recommend. Yeah, but I, you know, retweet, you know, because I mean, I think a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of young kids want to get to the end quickly. You know, they're, you know, so don't be afraid to work for somebody. Don't be able to don't be afraid to learn the business that you want to get into and then, you know, go start your own if you want to. Right. Because I'm in a fraternity and I got a lot of young, young frat brothers that I mentor and a lot of them want to start their own management company or start their own music business or start their own, you know, which is amazing. But they have no experience on what it takes to do that. Right. And I think the biggest factor for me, Aaron and I, is we worked a job that was was additive to what we wanted to do long term. And we built a, a, a knowledge of what it takes to get there. You know what I mean? Yep. And we didn't just jump from the beginning. You know, Aaron, I don't even think you mentioned it, Aaron, but Aaron worked for the football team, Bowling Green State University. Then he left Bowling Green and worked for the Browns for a while, left the Browns and worked for a training facility in, in, in Cleveland. And, and all those experiences on top of my finance background and the things that I did is now is what ANA is today, you know, 10 years later. So, you know, my advice would be don't don't be afraid to, to learn and be patient. You know, it's, it'd be very easy to get swept up in the business, because if depending on who you're around, depending on who you're fortunate to work with, depending on the situations, you know, and depending where you live too, like there's just a lot of opportunity for access. If you're not able to handle that and you're not able to, like to kind of still show the value that you're bringing to the table, it'd be very easy for you to be out of that situation. Yeah. And so I think to Andre's point, like being confident enough to work for someone to learn and to be like, would give you amazing opportunities in this business, even more so than starting a business. And I mean, I know I, that's easy for me to say I started my business, but I don't think I could have started my business if it was today. Like I actually, I would not have been able to. I think about that a lot. And I think about for that next group of, you know, entrepreneurs, that next group of kids or, you know, or whoever it is that, you know, wants to start their own business. It's a lot harder today because of NIL, because of there's there's more management companies, but also there is also more 
scrutiny that the player is giving, rightfully so, to people that are coming in. And I think there's also not as many opportunities for those lower rated guys in like there used to be because because of the rise of the influencer and the like, influencer market. Yeah, it's definitely a changing landscape. You guys have, have built up something really special. Uh, clearly, you've made an impact with all your clients. But that quote from Travis, especially speaking of you as family, is is nice one to hang your hat on. So this has been great, guys. Thank you so much for sharing more about your business, your growth, all the challenges you face and the way you've developed over the years. I know our audience will really benefit from it. So thanks a lot for joining me today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks Thanks for having us. There are more than 17,000 active sports jobs on workinsports.com, but you only need one. Our iMatch tool will scan your resume and find the best matches for your skill set and expertise. Check out workinsports.com today to get started. Okay, so you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking to Aaron and Andre Eanes from ANA Talent Management Company, who worked directly with Travis Kelsey and many other people, and your mind initially went to Taylor Swift. I know it did. You wanted me to ask questions about Taylor Swift, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to do it. I wanted to learn more about how they built this business, how they approach athlete management. That's what this show is about. You need to take information from this show and build your career off of it. That's going to serve you a lot longer than knowing what it's like to sit in the box with Taylor Swift. So that's why I focused that way. You can read the gossip columns everywhere else. Here, we're always going to get straight to the business. We're going to give you actionable advice. We're going to give you things you can learn and build off of. And that's what Andre and Aaron brought to the table today. And I hope you loved it because I sure did. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you all soon.